Blog Talk Radio. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time But my time is finally here I can feel the change in the wind right now Nothing's in my way Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Jess Armine coming to you from Methylation Support at the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania in cooperation with the Institute for Methylation and Bioindividualized Medicine. And guess what? This is your night. This is open mic night. This is time to take a pot shot at Jess Armine and anybody else who you can try and try and stump the speaker. Anyway, so uh, while everybody's kind of gathering... Let me let everybody know that the chat room is open and I am on the chat. And if you'd like to call in with a question, you can call in at 646-595-2277. That's 646-595-2277. This has been an interesting week. Okay, I got blindsided by something I didn't expect. Uh, Sterling Hill put out her new uh, variant report, version 2. I mean, it's been in construction for, what, two years now, Sterling? Yes, it has, right at about two years. Well, I'll tell you something, guys. I looked at this today, and even I was impressed, and I'm not easily impressed. But I've got to tell you something. Between uh, the 825 total SNPs and the drawings that were created by Cynthia Smith that really bring every hone everything down to an understandable manner, it was wonderful. Plus, there's a search bar, so you could put in uh, a tag search, like uh, if you wanted to put in autism, it would bring up all the SNPs that were related to autism within your report. Report. A SNP search, if you wanted to search a particular single nucleotide polymorphism, and I understand there's more than 10,000 unique tags, uh, over 70,000 combination tags, diagrams and pathways, sorting by SNP name, risk allele, or um, your allele, and by your results. And uh, i got to tell you something. It's impressive. I, I, I downloaded my sons today, and I'm still playing with it. I'm still understanding it. And uh, frankly, there's a lot of SNPs there I haven't seen before, so I'm going to be doing a lot of studying. Now, here's the really good news. If you have your 23andMe, frankly, whether you've had it uh, run through Sterling's app before or not, there's a promo code because the total price is $30, but 
if you use the promo code new report, just write in new report, you'll receive a $22 discount, $20, I'm sorry, $20 discount, and the report will cost $10. I got to tell you something, the promo code is going to run until February 22nd, so if I were you, I would take your raw data and run, not walk to this new report version because this is the cutting edge. This is the top of the mountain. You can't get better than this report because it has everything in it. Everything in it. Yes, yes, yes. Sterling, would you like to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, it's um, taken us quite a long time to get done, and I guess now everybody who's run it knows why it took so long. We um, had an excellent programmer, Pete, by the way. I know you know him. You're the one who introduced me to him. Mm-hmm. Um, has done one heck of a job. <laughs> um, but um, it's when, when we started this, uh, you know, we had so many doctors um, and nutritionists from around the world telling us that they wanted to see certain pathways. So we're going to get many more pathways out there uh, as soon as we can. It does take a lot of work. To get one pathway done takes several months um, to look at each SNP, get them approved, find out what the risk alleles are, um, get the tag words. And this this variant report will constantly be updated um, about every month, we'll month or two, we'll be putting um, new pathways in there, new sections in there. Right now, we're working on a huge autoimmune pathway that'll have the IgA, IgD, IgG, IgE, IgM, IgS, um, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, RA, um, gluten celiac, multiple sclerosis, ALS, um, just anything and everything's going to be under there. Uh, that one's gonna. That one's taken me about a year so far, and I'm almost done working on it. Another month or two, that one will be out. But we're gonna keep on adding new pathways because we know this is never ending. Uh, we have so many specialists from um, everywhere around the world wanting to see different areas, and we wanted to get this to where everybody would be able to just pull something out of it um, if they just want to look at the methylation pathway, if they want to look at an overall pathway of somebody who's chronically ill, something that stands out, it will be there for them. This is sometimes sort of hard to understand, can be overwhelming, but um, there's nothing simple with what we're doing. Uh, you know, the human body is very complex. And um, again, this must be looked over by a practitioner who basically understand this and knows what they're doing. It's taken a very long time for us to get it out there, a lot of hard work and a lot of sleepless nights, but we did it. it it's um, it's so interesting. It is impressive. And, of course, this is, uh, this, is, uh, this is released the same time as you opened up your new website, which is beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Worked very hard on it what he did. <laughs> you are going to be uh, coming soon. Snippets, okay? W W S N P B I T S. Exactly, what is that going to be? Snippets is um, going to consist of educational material for for the snips. Right now, we're just going to do the snips and talk about them, and then we're going to go into individual snips that seem to. Um, 
to um, have seem to be a problem. Um, and we will have them next to each individual SNP. Eventually, that will take about a year. But right now, we're going to um, start bringing out in the next few months, um, next to each, each series of um, genes, um, something about the genes, and we, we've called it SNP bits. Um, I have a friend of mine who um, teaches at Tulane who she's um, doing the voiceover. I figured what better person to do. She's um, done acting radio, and she's a scientist and um, wonderful uh, person, and she's going to be doing the talking, and we're we're writing, um, uh, the practitioners and myself have been writing about the SNP, and we're going to put that in there as well, and then hopefully get you guys to uh, put in videos right behind them as well, your experience on how these SNPs are, you, you look at them in your practice to treat um, a patient. You know, it's it's really important, and you've not mentioned it before, and I'm going to uh, reflect right on it, that <clears throat> it is important that uh, a practitioner who understands this very, very well uh, is the person who helps you interpret it. There's a lot of, uh, I've, I've written the past few uh, days on, um, there's a lot of, courses being given that are very, um, I don't think are very professional. They're teaching uh, certain doctors how to uh, interpret or give a very cursory interpretation of morphisms, and their treatment is associated with uh, protocols, easily easy understood templates, and usually a line of vitamins that are associated with uh, whatever the template says you should do, okay? Um, we've always boasted individualized medicine and have backed that up with uh, a lot of research, a lot of study, a lot of sharing amongst ourselves and with other people. And it's interesting that um, there was an uh, article put out by the Federal Trade Commission in January 2014 uh, talking about direct-to-consumer genetic tests, and believe it or not, <clears throat> the FDA, the FTC, and the CDC all said that due to the complexities of both the testing and the interpretation of results, genetic tests should be, covered, uh, should be conducted in um, registered laboratories and be interpreted by a doctor or healthcare provider who understands the value of genetic testing for a particular situation. They recommended that if you're considering a direct-to-consumer test like 23andMe and so forth, they should talk to your doctor or healthcare provider about whether it might provide useful information about your health, and if so, which test would be best. Make sure you understand the benefits and limits of any of the tests before you buy it. Ask your doctor or genetic counselor to help you understand the test results. Discuss the test results with your doctor or healthcare practitioner before making dietary or other health-related decisions. Genetic tests results can be complex and have serious implications. It's a bad idea to make any decisions based on incomplete, inaccurate, or misunderstood information. And let me tell you something, people. The CDC, the FDA, and the Federal Trade Commission, and the Institute for Bioindividualized Medicine, Sterling Hill, Cynthia Smith, Sean Bean, myself, Pete, everybody associated with us, are all in agreement 
I think we should call up the newspapers, <laughs> okay, because <clears throat> you should be very, very, very careful about who you pick to interpret your genetic profile. It is not easy to do, as uh, Sterling indicated, okay, and it takes a lot of training. Uh, we've argued about what consi- what's considered an expert, and we know who the experts are out there. <clears throat> we know who's been doing the research, okay, but... Um, you can't just learn this in a weekend. You know, go to a vitamin company that says, here's a line of vitamins. And if one of the tricks is if you walk into your doctor's office and he's never talked about methylation before, and all of a sudden that's all he can talk about, you know, you see he put in a new set of vitamins, you know he took a weekend course, okay? We've been doing this for a lot of years, okay? Went through a lot of changes. And that's how we re- that's how these uh, apps got, not discovered, but got mutated or changed around to the benefit of the patient, but it's all a matter of interpretation. Cynthia, you're very quiet. I'm listening. I'm here. Oh, it's cool. Uh, the other thing I noticed that uh, is that you said something to the effect that these, this is going to be live and updatable. So as you update your uh, your app, <clears throat> the people who have already run they're trying to me information through it. Uh, do they get updates for free? Yes, they do. Um, um, once you're in this app and you've um, uploaded it, um, we we bought a private server because because I didn't want anybody being able to hack into the information. Um, and with that private server, we'll be able to hold your raw data and. Once we put in these updates every month or two and add new things, you will um, automatic, automatically have the updates. And what I've done for the next two weeks, um, we've put out a promo code there. Since the app is $30, it cost us quite a bit of money and time to put there, is I've given people a $20 off promo code to compensate for the people who want this newer version well, I got to tell you, uh, even at even at thirty dollars, and uh, the twenty-three me being at ninety-nine, it is the biggest bang for the buck in medicine today. I know a lot of different um, genetic tests uh, out there, SureRx and the whole mess, <clears throat> and they cost thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. Okay, and um, they give they give you limited information. The information that's asked for is usually just a, a few snips and telling you what kind of uh, medication you can take or whatever. But this report, coupled with uh, the raw data from 23andMe, if you think about it, at 120 or 130 dollars, you know, is giving you life-saving, extensive information, especially if you know how to interpret it, and the ability for the healthcare provider or consumer to be able to search and uh, quantify or, or hone down their research to certain areas before we had to look over the entire report and pull it out ourselves. You've given us the ability to um, do some very significant and uh, localized searches, which is great. Plus the drawings uh, that go along with a lot of the polymorphisms is uh, liver detox phase one and two, methylation and the methionine and homocysteine pathways, the neurotransmitter pathway, serotonin and dopamine, and we all know how much I love neurotransmitters, 
Okay, COMT activity, yeast and alcohol metabolism, the transsulfuration pathway, neurotransmitters pathway, glutamate and GABA, and the mitochondrial function pathway. Uh, guys, it doesn't get better than this. I'm beginning to get a complex, people. I don't see anybody calling in, and I know that people have questions out there because I get emails like crazy. So if you guys have questions about anything, anything at all, not just the uh, MTHFR support report, call in at 646-595-2277. Like I said, this is your night, 646-595-2277. Cynthia, I know that you uh, did most of the work on the, if not all of the work, on the uh, particular drawings uh, that are being used as reference. Uh, is there anything you'd like to talk about concerning these? Yes, they're probably going to be modified as we go. And um, I'm also planning on doing additional drawings. I really want to mine the uh, nitric oxide area because that's really associated with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, multiple chemical sensitivities and things like that. And it really has gotten short shrift. So that's some that's an area that I really want to focus on with some drawings. Also, uh, I need to put together a good immune uh, system drawing. I, I started a couple of times, but it's pretty complex. Uh, but that's on the that's in the plan as well. That is wonderful. Yeah, I don't think everybody realizes the amount of work or the amount of study, the amount of research that it takes even to get the risk alleles to discover the uh, true meanings of the uh, polymorphism and its particular variation uh, and um, make it clinically applicable. Uh, we can look at a you know, set of polymorphisms and, you know, if it's all red, we get all kinds, of, all kinds of scared. But, you know, what we're really doing is looking at various pathways, okay, and... Um, it's been hard for consumers, much less healthcare providers, to picture the pathways involved uh, and look at the uh, look at the polymorphisms and just start putting them together. But your drawings make it possible for us to visually look at what the pathways are in relation to the polymorphisms that may be affecting the person. So you've done a good job, and I have thank a, you. Oh, I got a, you're welcome. I got a caller. Hello, nice person in the. Hi, nice person in the 860 area code. How are you tonight? Good. My name is Donna, and I was wondering, with your individualized medicine and all this fun stuff um, that I totally, I feel like, um, I don't know, the light at the end of the tunnel, I could kind of see it, um, but how do you work with out-of-state clients if you need to... Um, prescribe medicine? Well, uh, first of all, I don't prescribe medications. Okay, Good. I uh, recommend I recommend nutraceuticals usually. Uh, if someone, uh, I think the spirit of your question is how do I work with, or how do we work with out-of-state clients when <clears throat> we're not physically in touch, in um, contact with Exactly. Them. Uh, the fact is that the subset of people that come to see us are those people who have not, not found answers despite numerous consultations, numerous treatments, numerous um, courses of therapy, and everything fails. So they generally, the people we see is who are 
who've been everywhere and haven't found the answers they're looking for, and generally they've been told it's in their head, uh, it's uh, not something that's significant, and they're frustrated, angry, and I don't blame them. Uh, what we do is gather the uh, lab tests, um, take a history. <clears throat> if somebody requires uh, physical intervention, okay, they're referred to a local practitioner. Um, I can tell you that, you know, I've been called on, you know, fairly significant uh, uh, psychiatric emergencies. And <laughs> on one hand, I'm talking to the person. On the other hand, I'm calling 911 in their area, okay, to make sure that they get uh, properly uh, cared for. Uh, many telemedicine these days is a very big upcoming uh, part of general medicine, and it's being approved of in almost every state now because uh, the consultants, like at, let's say the hospital for special surgery in New, in New York, right, and you live in Podunk, Wisconsin. Okay, mm -hmm. my mouth is kind of dry tonight, sorry. Uh, and you can't fly to New York to see these consultants, but by via telemedicine, they can consult with your doctor and you, okay? Uh, it's not as difficult as it seems because what we're doing is acting as detectives and making lifestyle um, recommendations, um, and if somebody requires medications, uh, we'll coordinate, at least I do, I know I do, uh, I will coordinate with their local practitioner, with their naturopath, uh, with their you know, medical physician. That's not a problem for me. That's great. So I we'll love trying... what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're trying to bring back, if you will, old-time medicine, <laughs> where the doctor actually listens, okay, and somebody's coordinating the care. And I think that's what is lacking in healthcare today. I think we're, we're top-heavy with specialists who don't talk to one another, and the onus on figuring out what's wrong with somebody is on the person who's least trained to do it, and that's the patient themselves. And exactly. frankly, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. So all of this, the genetics, the bioindividualized medicine, are put together, but the practitioners who practice it are the ones who are sitting and listening to a good history, and now the genetics, the neuro neurology, endocrinology, immunology, the mitochondrial dysfunction, cell wall integrity, gives us a large amounts of data so we can sit down and say, hmm, this pathway looks like under stress, it probably won't work. Hmm, they've had this in their history. I can tell from this point to this point something happened. What happened? Or they got a tick bite or they were, you know, they got mono or something like that. And you uh -huh. can just take a history and go through it and come up with a really reasonable scenario as to why that person remains sick, especially if you understand how things cascade over time. It's so refreshing to hear this instead of just being turned away by yet again another specialist that looks at, you know, five minutes max at a piece of paper and says, no, you know, I'm going to refer you here and refer you there. And months turn into years, and in my particular case, I have a child that's suffering this whole time. What, I, um, what is uh sorry sorry just let me just ask a quick question. What is please. the situation with your with your child? Um he is eleven and he was diagnosed with ADHD at age three. Um 
and of course we went the medication route. We also did um, dye-free food at that time. Now he's gluten-free, dairy-free, um, but something happened to him last year around May. I don't know what it was, but the honor student, you know, who has always been in special education um, as a backup, but, you know, honor student, high honors, he won't even go to school now. Actually, he because. just went to school for the last two weeks until uh, dismissal. They were just releasing him at noon because they didn't know what to do with him. Well, what's, his, what's the symptomatology that he he didn't want to go to school? He w- would get so anxious, he would get into panic attacks before school, and then at school he couldn't sit in the seat for more than 10 minutes, and he would either run out of the room or just want to be in a different room instead of just sitting there, um, and so he's physically so he had a ton restrained. A ton of anxiety. A ton. Okay. And, um, and he, uh, how does he sleep at night? He sleeps well. Actually, he goes to bed around 8 and sleeps until 5.36. What a man, what a man. But during the day, it's it's not even my son, and he's has these high fevers, and I bring him to the doctor, and it's already broken by then, and they're just, meh. I think, you know, and his belly hurts all the time. I brought him to a children's medical center, you know, well-respected in the Northeast, and, you know, they ask him where it hurts. He points to one area, like above his pubic area, and they just said, oh, it's your bladder. Jeez. So, well, so it sends him on his way. Right. Meanwhile, the child, if he gets annoyed at any little thing, he goes into a rage at our so home. What yeah. happened, do you think, around May? Did he get sick? Did he get bit? Did he... Um... This this all has the hallmarks of some kind of infectious problem. Um, what do you think happened? I don't know. I don't know if it was Lyme and I never saw the bullseye, but we're very, very outdoorsy. People. You know, we camp all over the East Coast. Who knows? Um, well, Dearest, you got your answer sitting right there staring at you in the nostril. Mm-hmm. I you know, don't had, know. So we've done extensive well, blood work to the point where I think that I'm going to be turned in by trying to help this child by going to different doctors and asking for, you know, well, please you know, help us. What they will do is accuse you of uh, Munchausen's by proxy, but don't <laughs> So get used, to, get used to being shot at. Um, you know, I think, Cynthia, Cynthia, would you agree that the uh, top of the list would be Lyme? Yeah, top of those would be Lyme. Um, I would also do something like a neutral valve, look at his clonalinic acid levels to see if he's getting uh, glutamate receptor stimulation and um, also a neurotransmitter test to see what his ratios are. That, that was actually mailed out today in the mail. <laughs> the way that we work assessment. usually is to, uh, is to review what has already been done, take a, take a good history, which for us takes a good hour and a half, <clears throat> and get that exact clue that you gave us, and then the follow-up clues. If he was diagnosed with ADHD, which is uh, not a diagnosis, it's a syndrome, at three years of age, put on a bunch of meds, 
was real cooperative and then had some kind of event that turned him from being a good boy into the into you know somebody who is anxiety and uh ridden and paranoid okay you know that he's had all kinds of immune and excitatory upregulation generally speaking that usually is a um some kind of um uh, <clears throat> microbial problem whether it's uh, and and if you're in the northeast and you camp a lot Lyme has got to be on the top of the list Okay, and then you say I've been tested for this. It all depends on the testing that was done. We did go through, you know, his health insurance, and Quest did pull up one positive IgM for... Worthless. Yeah, and that's as far as we can get. It's like this underground world of Lyme disease. We can't find a doctor. We can't do the blood work. Where do you, you live in what state? I live in Connecticut. Ah, which is where Lyme started, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, we won't We're about 20 miles around. away. <laughs> Any one of our practitioners will um, be happy to give you a hand because um, this is something that is directly up our alley. Okay, no, we I may know not... Go ahead. Actually, I just spoke with you. Um... Oh, you did? Okay, see how see how uh, flabbergasted I get. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, um, and that's why I'm so excited because it's finally someone who's putting this all together, and um, you know we trudged through the snow today to bring his urine to the UPS, you know, to get some answers because I just okay. don't know when we're going to lose the grip of. Try to take this supplement. Try to take this medicine. He's 11. Now he's starting to resist. The point is well taken because there's a point in any teenager's life where they become resistant. But I will tell you the trick with that is to put is putting them in the driver's seat. Okay. And once you once you get a grip on everything that you can suggest things that make them feel better, they'll tell you when they want it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So have no fear. You know, all of us. What you don't realize is that if you were if you took me as a practitioner or Cynthia or Sterling or Sean, we talk to one another. You get us oh, all. That's great. Yeah, you get us all. I am not ashamed if I don't know someone and you call Cynthia up and say, Cynthia, what do you know about this? Okay? And Cynthia will just go or I'll call Ben <sighs> and say, What do you know about this? We'll call Sean who's in the next office most of the time, you know, and he calls me in and says, What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're not in our ivory towers. What we are is we all work together and we use each other's we depend uh, you know, a true relationship is interdependent. Okay? We depend on each other's expertise and that's why I've always said that the combination of us, Sterling, Cynthia, myself, you know, uh Sean and people like us, the combination of us far exceeds uh individually even if you added us up. Okay, we all have our talents and we all know each other's talents and we all know each other's weaknesses and we know that. We're all friends. So we all take care of one another and we all share cases, okay? And um, that's for the benefit of the patient because we know that we don't know everything. Simple as that. Well, I thank you again and I look forward to uh, hearing from you when you get my son's uh, neurotransmitter report. I'm looking forward to Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. Care. Good night. Nice person in the five one nine area code. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Jess. This is Lisa. 
I'm a I'm a big Hi. fan of you guys and the, your uh, seminar, your webinar was fantastic. The weekend uh, course that you put oh, on, I did you. it from home. So thank you. I could probably ask you questions all night. I've uh, listened to a whole well, bunch of your podcasts. You're the only one on the list right now, so go for it, kid. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, Take I'm actually, advantage of it when you can. <laughs> I, I will. I can just pick your brains. Just I'll just press the play button, and you guys just talk, and I'll continue to take notes. Uh, I, uh, I actually am a patient of, of Sean's, and uh, so I'm learning all about all this stuff, and I'm very thrilled to be on board with you guys. Um, so I've just been recently diagnosed as in days worth of with Lyme um, and uh, chronic Lyme. I've been sick for most of my life, and I'm turning 60 this year. So I'm just in the information gathering phase to learn as much as I possibly can, and I've got a um, a few questions for you, as I said. And one of them is I noticed that you use essential oils, and you'd mentioned in another broadcast about using essential oils with Lyme. And I'm wondering if you could just talk about that and tell us about it. Hello? Oh, I thought Cynthia was going to answer. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Uh, Essential oils are not as benign as you think they might be. Okay, essential oils uh, are pretty damn powerful, and uh, especially the therapeutic grades. And uh, frankly, I'm still in the learning stage myself on how to use them with uh, various conditions. And um, I um, don't use them as much in my practice as Sean does, and there's some people who use them very exclusively. Um, I'm learning about them because I've noticed that for certain people who can't handle uh, some of the nutraceuticals we throw at them, that the essential oils work much better. Okay, so I wish I could give you um, the real lowdown, but I'm still in the learning stage myself. Well, that's okay. I, I'm sure I'll find out more about it, and I can ask Sean too, so thanks. Um, the other, well, on, on my list of questions, could you please, please summarize all of the, the various factors that increase excitatory neurotransmitters? I've got a handle on some of them, and I'm still learning. I'm wondering if you could just fire off a list for me of from SNPs to diet to pathways to <laughs> You want it all at once, no problem. Yeah, whatever whatever you wherever just start talking right, Jess listen, and I'll just take notes. Up. I'm just no I'm problem. just picking your brain, so thank you. Now let's go let's go to basics first. The excitatory neurotransmitters are things that uh wake you up make you, you know, give you the ability to focus um, where the inhibitory neurotransmitters are the ones that allow the ones that allow you to go to sleep, okay? Um, to give you examples, serotonin and GABA are inhibitory neurotransmitters, and they give you the uh, opportunity to counterbalance any excitation so you can relax and chill and go to sleep. Uh, your excitatory neurotransmitters run from the adrenal uh, neurotransmitters, which are adrenaline and noradrenaline, to uh, glutamate, histamine, uh, phenylethylamine. Uh, a true ADD person has low uh, phenylethylamine and or low norepinephrine. And uh, those two excitatory neurotransmitters are responsible for you to, to give you the ability to focus. So there's kind of two basic ADDs, your ADD person and your ADHD person. I know they have different... Um, classifications these days, but one 
has too low neurotransmitters. Another person has a brain that is moving so fast that they have the attention span of a gnat. Okay? So there are loads of things that create overexcitation. We live in an, in an excitotoxic society. Uh, the story I tell everybody is like, uh, we're, about, we're about the same age, you and I. You know, on Sunday, what was open? Yeah, nothing back then. Yeah, yeah, right. The church and the bakery. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what was open on Sundays, right? And if you watch TV, there was only a couple of channels. And what happened at about midnight? They went off the air. <laughs> they went off the air. Okay, that was it. So you know we had the you know the father's knows best kind of area where you know things were you know there was a circadian rhythm. Okay, you know there was a there was a rhythm to life. No longer now we have excitation twenty four seven light in our eyes, a lot of electromagnetic fields, a whole mess of different things. Okay, that we have no control over. And by virtue of that, okay, we're not adapted to that. So guess what? Our reaction is excitation. Our reaction is fight or flight. If you stimulate a person, whether it's, well, let's talk about uh, stimulating the hypothalamus, okay, whether it's emotions, whether it's electromagnetic fields, whether it's chemical, whether it's uh, toxic, whether it's biological, you stimulate that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and that sets off the fight-or-flight reaction. A lot of people don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm going to explain it easily. Okay, think of the Incredible Hulk. Okay, first I'm going to explain how, how fight-or-flight happens, then I'm going to relate it to the Incredible Hulk. So you stimulate the hypothalamus, and the hypothalamus releases cortotropin releasing factor. If I say something fast, it's meant to be ignored, Okay. That will stimulate the pituitary to release adrenocorticotropic hormone, okay? And that stimulates the adrenal gland to release epinephrine, noradrenaline, noradrenaline, DHEA, which is dehydroxyepiandosterol, and cortisol, okay? And all heck, all heck breaks loose, okay? So if you don't understand what I said, let me explain it to you via the Incredible Hulk. Remember Bill Bixby and the Incredible Hulk? Okay, the TV program? Yep. Okay, what happened? Bill Bixby walked into town. He always went to a bar. Don't ask me why he went to a bar. He always went to a bar. Okay, and they started messing with him. Okay, and he would get angrier, right? And that's the stimulation of the hypothalamus. And all of a sudden, at one point, he would look at the guys with the eyes and say, you wouldn't like me when I'm mad. Okay, and then that's the stimulation of the pituitary. Okay, and then all of a sudden, he becomes green and very big, and Lou Ferrigno went crazy. Okay, he was all green, and that is the release of the catecholamines, the excitatory neurotransmitters. And what happened? The the Hulk would just go booga 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 booga. At the end of the uh, show, the Hulk looked like he was getting ready to take a nap, and then he turned back into Bill Bixby, and they have to leave town. <clears throat> what was going on there? is the cortisol was going up to the receptors on the hypothalamus and the pituitary and turning off the reaction. Now, that's fine. That fight-or-flight reaction we are adapted to occur once every six weeks. This is a BC body in AD time. Once every six weeks, not six, seven, eight times a day. 
not with all the lights, not with the cars cutting out in front of us, not with all the stressors that are being thrown at us, being toxins and uh, xenobiotics and yada, 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 yada. So we live in a society that consistently stimulates us. For why everything is excitotoxicity. So that happens, then we're going to go into what Dr. Seneff said about the glyophosphates and so forth, and injury starts when kids are small now. I'm beginning to see adrenal exhaustion in 11-year-olds. Oh. Okay, I never saw that before. I've been in practice 38 years. Okay, it's only the past four or five years I'm beginning to see that. Why? Because everything we throw in our body, it, it tends to create excitotoxicity. That's just the way we're hardwired. Okay? It's going to yeah. upregulate the system. And how do we take care of it? By counterbalancing with the inhibitory neurotransmitters. So why aren't they taking care of things? Well, the major one is GABA. The second major one is serotonin, okay? GABA comes from glutamine in the gut. Glutamine becomes glutamate, which then becomes GABA. Glutamate's excitatory, GABA is inhibitory. If you don't have enough B6 or you don't have enough, if your Krebs cycle is not working, the glutamate is not going to become GABA, and you're going to be upregulated by the glutamate, okay? Serotonin comes from tryptophan. That's why we're supposed to supposedly go to sleep after we eat turkey. Well, tryptophan is kind of a large molecule, and in the window that we have for absorption, he's kind of the last guy on the bus to get across the uh, membrane to become 5-hydroxytryptophan. And by the way, only about 10% of it becomes 5-hydroxytryptophan, which becomes then serotonin and then becomes melatonin. So if there's anything wrong with your gut, any kind of inflammation, okay, any kind of you know, uh, interference, you're not going to absorb as much tryptophan, which means that you're not going to have enough 5-hydroxytryptophan, which means your serotonin is going to get low. And what are the symptoms of low serotonin? Anxiety, insomnia, um, depression, uncontrolled appetite, especially for carbs, and headaches, and believe it or not, uncontrolled uh, or unexplained gastrointestinal symptoms. Why? Because serotonin is the major uh, neurotransmitter of the gut. Okay, so sometimes it fixes people just by raising serotonin. So where you have all this excitatory stimulation, the mechanisms that create your inhibitory neurotransmitters are being interfered with, and you always have a consistent imbalance, and it's leaning towards the excitatory side. Now, you can create a million scenarios, but that's how it ends up, kid. Yep. Yep. Did I get through to you? You did get through to me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, we can answer That's things from the, yep. from the opposite end and say, what does this, what does that? But it all comes down to stimulation, okay, injury to the body, and our tendency to be more excited to, excitotoxic because certainly, you know, uh, we don't get inhibitory support. And with all the excitation, we use up our inhibitory support. We're not getting it like we should. And then any kind of uh, problem with the body, immune system, uh, uh, offender like Lyme or other infections, et cetera, are going to be by nature then excitatory, right? Well, true. Or creating excitation. You're damaging cells. Okay, when you damage cells, okay, in that same manner, you know, I, I picked the HPA axis, but you're absolutely correct. The immune upregulation comes from leaky gut syndrome and direct immune stimulation. The more immune stimulation or upregulation you have, you eventually get immune dysregulation, 
which lets autoimmune diseases take root, okay, and then eventually dysautonomias. What's happening is the general has got a big army. It's called the immune system. He used to be able to take care of everything. Now all of a sudden it's spread so thin, sort of like our armies, you know, that you can't win any particular battle. Okay, so unless we work hard to get that immune system back to where it can fight what it's supposed to fight, things are going to be able to take root. And the more infections, the more microbial, microbial involvement, more parasites, uh, and then let's not even talk about the chemicals and so forth, everything's an injury. And we're injuring cells. The tendency is to become upregulatory or upregulate or excitatory. Lots of factors. It is a lot of factors. It does. It is, but it also leads you back to what can you do about it? Well, diet, fixing the gut, down-regulating the immune system, down-regulating the inflammation so that the immune system can work. And for the most part, you're able to fight what you're supposed to fight and uh, your body will do what it's supposed to do. You know what we really do? Okay. What? Homeostasis. Okay, mm-hmm. homeostasis is that is that area where the body it's sort of think of it as a buffer. Okay? The body will be able to take care of itself as long as you don't go too far afield. So let's think of it like a bell curve. Okay? Yeah. If you're only one standard deviation, one and a half standard deviations off, your homeostatic mechanisms, which are also known as allostatic mechanisms, okay, will bring you back to midline. Okay? But when you're three, four, and five standard deviations off you need intervention to get that to that one or two standard deviations. The people we're seeing are 15, 20, 30 deviations out. Yeah. Okay, it takes major work and combined efforts to start that body back towards giving it, giving it its ability to restore itself. Okay, and that is a multiplex problem. Yeah. Makes sense. Can I ask okay. you a second? Can I ask you a second question? This is quite a specific one related to excitatory again. Um, okay. Is that okay? Can I ask you another one? Sure. Good. Uh, the, um, for phospholine, when you're trying to um, do the cell wall repair and the, taking the phospholipids, you had mentioned in a previous show about um, sometimes having to start slowly because they can be excitatory. Could you talk a bit more about um, just some well, general principles about dosing or spreading out doses, or what do you mean by slow, for example? And well, what I said I know was you can't that there are. No, that's okay. Uh, what I said was uh, phosphatidylcholine, when it's very concentrated, okay, can lead to increased dopamine. So I tend not to use uh, some of the products that have very, very highly concentrated phosphatidylcholine. But you need phosphatidylcholine, phosphatidylinositol, phosphatidylethanolamine, okay, to rebuild your cell walls, okay? Yeah. And, and I've only said about 4 million times that cell walls are a phospholipid bilayer, yeah. okay? So we need a source of phospholipids. Uh, when I said some people react to them, well, some people have difficulty metabolizing fats. It's usually a gallbladder issue, and sometimes you want to give them oxalyl. Okay, sometimes you want them to take it during their meals so that they get it with the digestive enzymes. Uh, some people have antiphospholipid syndrome, and then we have to re-strategize completely. Okay, but um, generally speaking, 
most people can handle phospholipids. And the phospholipids I'm talking about are lecithins. Uh, there's three kinds of lecithins. There's sunflower lecithin, soy lecithin, and egg lecithin. Egg lecithin is in the, um, in the yellow of the egg. Okay, It's the fatty portion. And we are, I know I'm going to get yelled at, but we're carnivores. Okay, Our whole system is built to, to break down proteins and fats, okay, because like I said, this is a BC body in AD time. We became omnivores because we became agrarian at some point, okay, but our cells still need a certain amount of animal fat or uh, analogs thereof, a certain amount of a little bit of brachydonic acid uh, in order to heal itself, heal the cells, okay, and I know brachydonic acid has been demonized, but it's only large amounts that can create inflammation, Okay, because it goes through the PGE2 pathway, uh, which is the inflammatory prostaglandin pathway. And I know my vegan patients and vegetarian patients are probably going to be waiting for me outside my office with pitchforks and um, and and torches and so forth. But I, I, I have a back way out they don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to cut you off, but there's a couple more callers. I yeah, hope I answer thank questions. you, thank you very much. You're welcome. Great to Bye-bye. talk to you. Bye. Nice person in the 985 area code. Hi, how Hi. are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Can I? Can we answer okay. a question for you? You have Cynthia Smith and myself on the line. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm new to the blog and the radio show, um, and I may be off base with what I'm asking, but my question That's has okay. to do with um, MTHFR okay. and methylation. Okay, I found out that my son, he's five, he's six years old, just made six years old, and he was diagnosed oh, with, uh, yeah, he's a sweetheart. He um, was diagnosed <laughs> at three and a half with um, mild autism. And um, we had, you know, we saw, we've seen so many doctors and so many, you know, now we're seeing a naturopath. And, you know, I'm trying to find out, um, he's got the uh, MTHFR, the C677, T and the A1298C, which is the the compound heterozygous, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, my question is, I'd like to find out how to supplement him. And I'm trying to find out what is the best test. Is it the 23andMe test? Because I, I, I'm reading about these S and Ps. I don't know. I don't know what any of that is. Um, and I don't know who to turn to to even get into getting him tested. Um, to see, because I know he he would probably benefit from some type of supplement that's going to help his methylation. He keeps getting yeast. Um, he's got some metals. We're trying to detox him right now. He's doing, the language is just spilling out of him since we got rid of yeast, since we've gotten rid of some of the metals. Um, and so that's my question. It's about the methylation and how do I find out specifically an individualized supplement plan for him. You know something you're asking a great question. Cynthia, you want to take this one? Yeah, I would recommend the 23andMe test and be be a little bit cautious before you give him direct methylation support. It's, it's okay. best to know what the pathways look like beforehand. I mean, some of his pathways could be blocked a little bit. Some mm-hmm. of the pathways could require additional supplementation in the in the form of B vitamins and minerals, and, and mm-hmm. you, you would do that first. One okay. of the last things I do with people is um, address direct methylation with uh, with uh, folate, because once you hit that him with that folate, you're going to raise excitatory neurotransmitters, and it's really important that the common neurotransmitters are balanced, that the pathways are kind of open, 
um, and that there's a good foundation that's been laid in before you start looking directly at uh, MTHFRC 6770 and 1298. That's okay. the end. That's the last step, honestly. Okay. The other step, and I think, you're, it's, you're, it's, it's... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Cindy, please. I think, I think you're smart starting with the GI because, honestly, the research coming out now is, is really pointing heavily to the gut microbiome as being a huge factor um, and with children on the spectrum. The other thing are, Jess mentioned these, this earlier, are these glyphosates that they're using on uh, on GMO uh, crops and also on wheat because those go, when you eat that food like soy and corn and wheat, the glyphosate that have been put on those plants harm our gut bacteria because they're antimicrobial. So even though they harm our bodies, they're harming our gut bacteria, which in turn affects our immune system and our neurotransmitter status. So really a, a, a a non-GMO or very low-GMO diet is helpful. Um, typically, you'll see uh, lower lactobacillus in that situation as well. So a good GI stool test would be helpful. But as far as the genetics and just understanding the basics of your son's pathway, it's important to do the 23andMe and then uh, run it through uh, an application. Sterling just came out with her new app today, and it's extremely robust. It's it's most robust on the market right now. So it gives a lot of detail about the pathways, much more than we've had up until yesterday. So I saw that literally. on the site that there was a new app coming out. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the history of MTHFR is, uh, you go back several years, the reason that only two polymorphisms were tested was they were associating it with uh, possibly high homocysteine, which was considered a cardiac biomarker. And um, that didn't really turn out to be what they expected, but uh, they started testing anybody who had anything for MTHFR, C677, TH1298C, and found out that a whole mess of people with a whole mess of different conditions have these polymorphisms. But the erroneous conclusion was made that the polymorphisms caused the condition, whereas what really was going on was there were a whole mess of different polymorphisms in different pathways that set up a situation where a condition could um, express, which is why this research started. And you've proven it yourself right now because by treating the yeast, you said that he's he's um, he's talking more? Yes, a lot. I mean, crazy um, So amount. you would probably find out that his transsulfuration pathway was interfered with because yeast will throw a lot of sulfur in that pathway and his NATs. Uh, which conjugate his um, his aldehydes, uh, probably you'd probably see a problem in there because yeast tends to throw out a lot of acetaldehyde, which is why it was always said that yeast causes MS, causes this, causes that. Acetaldehyde is very much like formaldehyde mm-hmm. from high school and stuff. You know, picture injecting that into somebody's brain. Okay, they're going to get messed up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, it's not just the MTHFR, which is one gene in a sea of genes, it has to be looked at in pathways before, after, sideways. And as Cynthia said, that then there's an order of treatment that is very much individualized, very much individualized. That's exactly what I'm looking for. That's 
I want to know yeah. what's going on inside of him, where the problems are. I don't want to just do a, ba- you know, uh, well, let's just do some B- methyl B12 and some B folate. No. I want to know no. what is specifically in him. So the 23 and me is the way to go and then run it through the app. Well, it, can we get with right. one of you afterward for some type of... Dish can. Uh, okay. Yes, you can. Remember that the 23andMe, the reason we recommend it is because it's the only company that will give you access to the raw data. Okay, the raw data is everything. And then Sterling's app is the premier application on the market today, even before the new one of today. Okay, I like that, of today. <laughs> but uh, even before that, Sterling had the best app going, okay? But it's just it's it's more robust and more understandable now. And that's what you're looking for. And with a practitioner who's learned and experienced in this area, not somebody who just, you know, uh, took exactly. a quickie course and, and has, has a line of vitamins that they're looking to push, okay, somebody right. who truly understands the biochemistry and the neurophysiology, you know, and this is why we've worked so hard on this. This is why we're we're yelled at on the on the blogs. I mean, you know, I got more hours uh-huh. in my back than I know what to do with, you know, but don't really care anymore because what I'm trying to do is what we're trying to do. It's not me. It's believe me when I tell you it's not me. Okay, there's a you know, there's a group of people that have been working tirelessly, okay, because we don't want your son to have to live a life like that. Okay, uh-huh. we get a lot of people and we they get the same questions all the time. And there's practitioners out there, and I, I believe that there's two types of ignorance. Ignorance I don't know and ignorance I don't care. Ignorance I don't know is reputable. That just tells me, hey, nobody can know everything. Ignorance I don't care, well, that's unacceptable. And if yeah. you practice, yes? When you're done, I, I think Sterling might be able to add some, add some oh, information you know, here. Sterling, please, Ed, I'm here. Go for it. Hey, can you all hear me? We can. Yes, hello. For the nice, yes. For the nice person who's okay. listening, the nice person who called in, this is Sterling of Sterling's app. Yeah. Please, um, go ahead. Hi, I'm, I'm in Louisiana as well. I saw um, that you are the 985 area code, so I yes, know that. Yes, I'm, I'm Louisiana, really well. I sure am. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to contact me later on, um, my email address is bclotaware at gmail.com, B-E-C-L-O-T-A-W-A-R-E at gmail. Um, you're more than welcome to. Uh, I would be more than happy to give you some pointers and some advice. Um, and um, 23 and Me um, can make a difference. I will let you know. It, it can make a difference. But if you'd like to call me and talk to me, I could kind of give you some pointers on who's good in Louisiana, who could possibly be able to help and assist more. Awesome. And what's your name? Sterling. Sterling. Okay. Yeah, I'm the one that does the app. And has, Oh, has awesome. In- I don't know why I was thinking Sterling was a, was a man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's why I said this is Sterling. This is Sterling awesome. of Sterling's app. I heard you say that, and then a, and then a lady's voice came on, and I kind of thought it was somebody else that had called in. That was just I don't know. I'm sorry, I yeah, got confused. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, actually, it's, it's I'm from New Orleans, so but I are you really? Yeah. I'm in yeah. um, Covington, right off, right over the causeway. My yeah, my family all lives in Covington and Mandeville. So. Well, how amazing <laughs> is that? Awesome. <laughs> well, definitely, and, and you said it's um, it's b e c l o t aware dot at, I mean at gmail dot com. Yeah, you can okay. give me an email and leave me your phone number, and I'll call you in the next day or two. 
That would be fantastic because that's what I've been looking for. I had been seeing lots of things about the 23andMe, and then I had seen there's, there's a Dr. Amy Yasko that's really concentrating on the methylation and stuff. So I really just was looking for somewhere to go, and then I happened to see the blog, and it's almost like something directed me to that because I'm like trying to find out what's my next step. So that would be fantastic if I could talk to you. Yeah, I'd you can't get, you can't get better. You can't awesome. get better. Is, uh, well, let's all go. I... Y'all can talk to somebody else, but I I definitely will um, email Sterling. I know there's other Very people good. waiting to talk, so I will let y'all go back to them. But thank y'all for the time. I really appreciate it. You... You're welcome. Okay, people, don't forget that if you want to call in six four six five nine five two two seven seven, we're sitting here waiting on your calls. Uh, some really good questions tonight, people. Don't you think? Okay, these are good, good, honest questions. I like them. I always appreciate uh, uh, people who are searching, and um, I found out that there's nothing more impressive than a mom who is um, researching for their sick child. Okay, I beat the heck out of any PhD I've ever met. Uh, that, <laughs> it's true, you know, uh, but the information out there is voluminous. And it's very hard to decide what is true, what isn't true, and more than that, what's applicable to a particular situation. That's why you have to work with uh, with healthcare providers who are knowledgeable in the area. Um, I'm still waiting for some more callers. And um, the other thing uh, that I'd like to announce is that on my website, which is methylationsupport.com, if you go to the radio show, there's a sign-up area so that you can um, you can be notified of future uh, speakers and uh, future uh, events that we're having um, in this area. So uh, that be, might be a nice thing for you to do, and you'll be get advance notice on who will be speaking, who will be interviewing, uh, the subject matter, and so forth. Um, and um, that's kind of kind of it. Okay, Jeff. Um, yeah. We talked earlier today on our Skype call that uh, possibly Pete would be giving uh, instruction ah, on how to, how to generate the app for next week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and the particulars Our, of, of Sterling's new app, because it was very helpful today for me when he was showing out, showing us the bells and the whistles. I was amazed at how much how robust this app is. It's unbelievable. It's with the search engine there and the mm-hmm. and the uh, keywords and and the ability to um, to reshuffle the list depending on what you want to look at. I thought it was really great that it's helpful if somebody like Pete who designed it can explain it. I think it's I think it's critical because um, well first off let's let's let, let me introduce so Pete's not here but let me introduce uh, him virtually uh, our IT guru is Pete Santa Maria. Uh, he's uh, one of the best people, one of the best men that I know, and he is not—he has not only helped create, uh, did the you know IT work for version one, but has worked tirelessly, tirelessly on version two, and uh, not realizing until today what that meant and and the intricacies of what you're able to do with this app that no one else can do. Um, I've seen a lot of apps have little glimpses of this, but uh, being able to search via condition, being able to search via SNP, being able to search via tag, uh, 
combining them so that you can, you know, do your own research uh, is amazing. And, of course, with snippets.com coming up, it's going to be even better. So next week, we're going to have uh, Pete uh, explain uh, how to go through, uh, how to create, and how to um, utilize every aspect of this new application. And uh, I know that today's meeting was incredibly important for me. And um, I'm going to be wonderful hosting him next week because, let's face it, guys, uh, the more you know about how to utilize this app, the more functional it becomes. So uh, if you're listening out there, and I know that uh, a lot of you are listening out there, okay, uh, tell your healthcare providers, even if they haven't, you know, uh, seen this before, this might be a nice introduction for them to uh, start utilizing a um, – application that is actually useful for them. I think the prior applications are daunting, okay, because you have to kind of muscle out the biochemistry and muscle out the pathways. The way that this is set up, it kind of puts it together where you can see, you know, the, the liver detox pathways and then the polymorphisms, the uh, other pathways and the polymorphisms. And, you know, it, it doesn't take too much of a leap from there to say, ah, now I know what to do with my patient, or now I know where this my patient's biochemistry is the weakest and what I should start looking at. So uh, thanks for mentioning that because pizza, um, pizza the man. It's really good. The other thing, too, Jess, is I remember conversations that uh, Sterling had with Pete talking about how uh, different practitioners could, could put the uh, – uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sterling, maybe you could talk about this. Uh, different practitioners could put a direct link to the tool on their website, to the app on their website. Yes, they'll be able to um, apply for an API through Pete in the very near future. And um, if they have a programmer, the programmer can put it on their website, a web web um, manager. If not, um, you know, Pete would be will be more than willing to um, put it on their website to help them. In this way, they don't have to have um, their clients um, print up this huge variant report. They'll just be able to hold it on their website and go in and look at their um, variant report as updates come in um, through their own website, which um, a, lot of the, a lot of the practitioners are waiting. They're, they're just very grateful that this is going on because they don't have to store this anywhere. It's on their website and the updates will be there. Um, it will be powered by MTH for support. They can name it whatever they like. Um, it, it'll be hosted by their website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I was wonderful. Report. Uh, I was looking at the report, and the one that Pete pulled up today or was showing was 49, 50 pages long, and I kept thinking to myself, my goodness, if somebody walked in with a PDF of 50 pages and we had to go through it, it would be nearly impossible. But if I, if I as a practitioner could get into their raw data or could get into the the results of the app, I can sit with them and actually show them different things, uh, sort the SNPs different ways depending on what their health issues are and do it in a real-time yeah. way. So I think that's a really valuable addition. Yeah, and, sure and, then, and then it's live um, so they can go in in, in the search bar. They, for instance, Pete um, showed us today you could put in dopamine and autism together and SNPs that are related to both dopamine and autism will come up um, that they have, and you're not going to find that on the printed PDF. So this is um, where the practitioners are 
just very excited to be able to um, have it um, hosted on their site. And um, I think this is going to change um, the way people look at these apps. Um, right. They're going to find right. a lot more that way. And I hope that this uh, stimulates practitioners to be better trained in the area uh, because uh, something that is useful and um, uh, just functional the way this is, uh, that the you know the learning curve doesn't have to be that steep before you can actually get functional in the area and understand what you're doing. Okay, so, uh, you know, we've been doing these podcasts for a really long time, and the interest around the world by healthcare practitioners does not come from us. It's coming from you guys out there. You guys have been telling your healthcare practitioners, hey, I want you to learn this stuff. Okay, and when the opportunity has, arise, has arisen, they've been running at the opportunity to uh, learn this stuff and from the right people. Um, so, um Yeah. That you should join us next week. Hold on, there's another person calling in. Hi, it's a nice person from the nine five four area code. Are you there? Oh, hi. Yes, I'm here. I'm calling from South and Florida. Nice and warm and here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's icy yeah. outside. I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to drive home. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what uh, yes, question I, do you have uh, here? Well, I have um, chronic fatigue syndrome and POTS, and I was just wondering if um, I did the 23andMe, and I am heterozygous for the MTHFR677T, and I also have the NOS2 and 3. I'm homozygous for four of those. What my question, I guess, is I've been getting a lot of the tenderness, the cold hands and feet um, that I guess is related to the pot. But could this NOS be causing that? Um, I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. Could you repeat it again? Just from the NOS part, you got NOS and then you have yeah. what? I just didn't hear it. I have the NOS 2 and NOS 3. I'm homosegous for... Four of those, well, you know, okay. two NOS2 two and two NOS3. Now, part of this chronic fatigue and pulse business that I have going on in my body, one of the symptoms, the worst symptoms that I'm feeling is that my hands and my feet get very cold and clammy. And I was just wondering if maybe the NOS2 and 3 are expressing and I need to do something about that in order to make it feel better. I mean, make this this thing that's happening to me feel better. I'm not sure if there's a relationship between that that snip, those snips, and what I'm feeling. You're describing a neuropathy, or um, uh, well, you're describing a neuropathy, or it could be a blood pooling, uh, but. Are you asking if there's a direct relationship between the nitrous oxide synthase SNPs and those symptoms? And those symptoms? Right, right. Um, Sterling, Cynthia, do you like Does to answer she have, that? Yeah, do you have a CBSC 699T SNP? The CBS? Uh, let me see. I have... Uh, no. Oh, okay. Are you are you taking any B vitamins, any vitamin B six? 
I am taking hydroxy, hydroxy B12. Hydroxy B12, okay. Um, sometimes the, the, the nitric oxide synthase 3 is the endothelial nitric oxide synthase, and so that that is related to blood vessel dilation. Um, if you start to put a lot of pressure on that, that whole pathway via ammonia, either because mm-hmm. you're lacking B6 or because you've got a CBS upregulation, then then you can start having some problems with that nitric oxide synthase 3. The other thing is if your if your methylation is poor, that one of the byproducts is called tetrahydrobiopterin. That's needed by nitric oxide synthase 3, um, along with arginine, to do its job. And so there's a circular effect um, sometimes. And so you really need to get a, a better feel for all of the pathways and work with somebody, taking B12 by itself will we'll address those enzymes that require B12, but not the other enzymes that require all the other B vitamins, uh, with the exception of folate. We do that at the end, but and all the multi-minerals. So I would uh, just, you know, quick and dirty, I would look at something like a, like a, a B- and a multi-mineral kind of a thing. Mm. Uh, Sterling, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, also, D6 went straight in my head. Um, she probably has a little bit of anxiety there, too. Uh, Dr. Jess knows how B6 was critical for GABA glutamate. Um, but um, also, B6, you need to question, you know, she said the word POTS, chronic fatigue. Have you been on antibiotics, any fluoroquinolones? No. No, no. fluoroquinolones in the past 10 years. I'm sorry, I said not No fluoroquinolones in the past 10 years. No. 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 Okay, well, that's a good thing. But um, the same thing Cynthia said, question B6, and then possibly if B6 is real high, that's a red flag, you might need lysine, too. You always want to look at your lysine with your B6 to get that pathway going, too. Um, but I totally what? agree with Cynthia on that. Is there a way then I can, I can test a B6? B6 is what is Nutrivalve is one of the best ways to go because it tests much more than um, B6. I don't know what what would be a good place for her to test that. It, it depends on her insurance. I mean, you know, it depends on the insurance. Um, I know you can do uh, using your standard insurance. You could get some testing done, but there's tests that are designed specifically to look at all your vitamins and mineral levels. That would be Spectrocell or Nutrivalve looking. Uh, also, the Nitrovel looks at fatty acids. It looks at a, a huge cross-section of things that your body needs and things that your body uh, utilizes in enzymatic pathways. So that's a good option. But um, the other thing about NOS3, and we talked about this earlier in the show, is if, if your body begins, if, if your nitric oxide uncouples, and it's complicated to explain, so I'll just use the word uncouples, and and you've been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. There's a right. relation there. There's a relation there. So I have um, a, I have a lot of the viruses activated, the the Epstein-Barr virus and the HHV6 and Kosaki virus. Mm-hmm. Those are have been activated for years. Yeah, I would work with somebody. Now I know that Jess and uh, Sean work with a lot of Lyme people. Uh, people that have had Lyme, you know, the Lyme disease and their co-infections. Mm-hmm. And so they're very well versed in that testing. 
Uh, what what they're saying what they're saying here is that um, there's not a simple answer. No. Okay. Uh, the uh, the NOS is uh, have uh, you know contribution to a lot of areas. I know that when I see them, I start looking at the mitochondria. Okay. Okay. which is your energy creation mechanism. So it's uh, not something, and and we've been kind of hinting at this for a little while, uh, You even though certain polymorphisms may bring up in your mind certain uh, needs of, it, of the individual, certain uh, vitamins or, or um, cofactors or coenzymes or whatever it happens to be, uh, you have to look at the bigger picture and that person's... Um, you know, whole condition because, you know, it's sort of like taking MTHFR and saying, oh, just take, you know, 5-methylfolate. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it hurts them. It throws them into a tizzy and it, uh, and it creates um, all kinds of problems. So um, what what Cynthia and Sterling are saying is that everybody, what, what everybody's saying is correct, but it has to be correlated to your particular condition and the whole genome has to be looked at in conjunction with your physical condition, the viruses, what's happened, why you're having so much inflammation, which is a real good reason why you're having your symptoms also. So, um, you know, don't take it as, as verbatim. Uh, the genes are, are great pointers, and uh, the research has been wonderful. It has, you know, expanded our ability to understand the body and understand uh um, pathology and thereby understand healing, but um, it can't be shortened. It can't. There's no shortcuts available. Okay, there, and anybody who utilizes a shortcut is putting people in real life danger. Okay, because you can make a condition worse just as much as you can make a condition better. Okay, and um, so you know, happy to answer your questions, but remember, don't take what we're saying verbatim. Okay, because um, you know, we don't know your entire condition, and um, you know. But looking at what Cynthia and Sterling said, and also looking at the mitochondria, kind of can't go wrong when you're thinking about chronic fatigue. Right. Okay. Well, I might be calling your office then. <laughs> I need you to look at the whole picture. <laughs> so, okay. Just be, be with someone who understands the entire the entire picture. You know, we would love to right. take care of you, of course, but. Be with someone who understands the entire picture. Okay? Okay. Great. Thank you. All right. Take care. I don't know if it's my uh, computer, but Sterling keeps dropping out. Oh, there you are. Well, we're getting to about... uh, last few minutes of the show, so there's no more callers. We'll wait for a couple more minutes. Uh, Sterling and Cynthia, you guys have anything else that you want to say to the uh, the nice people listening? Yeah, I would like to remind everybody um, the reason I um, have the $20 off promo code is for the people that got the old app and um, they want to upgrade so it'll compensate for what they're missing, and this is only going to be run for two weeks. So um, they really need to um, do it if they want to save the $20 and get that for $10 right now. Um, I I will not be able to do this after the two weeks because um, I'll just always have people emailing me and never be able to get anything done. So um, that's really important. It's good of you to do it to begin with. 
just really honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken a lot of effort and time, and we will be working on other um, sections. Um, the autoimmune section will be coming out, and it will be hugely extensive. It'll be bigger than any other section that we have out there now because um, there are many autoimmune diseases out there, many um, things to do with autoimmune. So that's important to know as well. And um, then I, I think we're working on um, the NOS um, and no, oh no, area. Um, Cynthia's working hard on that area. And we'll be getting other... Um, Hello? Hello? Yeah, I, I think I lost I lost uh, Sterling. I can't hear her. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's okay. It's, you know what it is? I think it's the Internet. Um, mm-hmm. My, um, I, I'm going to share with everybody, not to sound like Dr. King, but uh, um, I do have a dream. And uh, ever since I was, um, that Sterling was kind enough to take me literally under her wing and teach me this stuff. Um, I really have a dream that one day uh, we will test our children as babies and get their genome and look at the probabilities and know how to feed them, know how to, what their possible weaknesses may be, and compensate before it ever happens. And I think when that happens, to be perfectly honest, people, and I know there's going to be more people outside waiting for me with pitchforks and uh, knives and and, uh, torches and so forth, I think that's when autism will turn around. I think that's when our rate of autism, which is now 1 in 55, that's probably going to be 1 in 25, will go back to 1 in 10,000, okay? I think that's when most diseases will be eradicated when, you know, we can have a heads up. I don't know what that noise is, but whatever. That's, that's um, my phone. That's my phone. Sterling's saying that okay. the power is going off and on in her house. Okay. We'll tell her we're going to end the, we're going to end the show right this second anyway. Um, hold on. Here we go. All righty. Sterling, you're here. I was I was telling everybody about my dream that um that, you know, everybody with their children, you know, will get um will get tested. Married couples who are considering having children will, you know, get their testing done and go to a counselor and, you know, this is how you should help clean up your act. Um and guess what? I think that if uh people use the genes or the gene or the genome as guides and um, did it from early ages. I think that autism would go away. I think that many diseases would go away. I think that our quality of life would improve immensely. Uh, and our dependence on uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, especially in the realm of chronic diseases, because that's all that you know they're teaching these days is how to treat chronic diseases, not how to cure people. Okay, we could finally take our health back uh, from what used to be called Madison Avenue. I don't think it's called Madison Avenue anymore, but that's my real dream, in case you're wondering. That's why, you know, I love doing this stuff. So, any of you guys have anything else to say? Because uh, I'm about to end the episode. No, nothing here. <laughs> okay. And nothing here. Well, I, I want to add that, that part of this autism, um, this whole autism situation is linked back to uh, our, our diet and 
specifically uh, glyphosate. There's a link there. There's a there's a it's somewhere in the mix. And so genetically modified foods that have been sprayed with glyphosate are affecting our GI health, which in turn is a it's affecting our gametes through the epigenome, and we're passing those effects through our egg and sperm to the next generation. So, in other words, the DNA is expressing, being made to express differently, and that different expression is being carried with the DNA through the gametes to the next generation, and then to the generation after that. And so, you're seeing this increase um, happening. So, I just wanted to mention I, that too. I agree with you totally. I. I um I think that eventually the actual pathway will come to light. But what I learned from that from that uh, show we did, and and you heard me throughout the show, I was going wow, wow, because it it struck me of why things are happening so early, why children are being injured so early, why are they being um, why their systems are being uh, opened up to disease so early, and I know it's to go. I keep wanting to say gliophosphates, is it? Glyphosate. Pronounce it for me? Glyphosate. yeah. <laughs> okay, it's like Sean trying to pronounce molybdenum. He says molybdenum. I say, where's the G in that word? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, but ne- nevertheless, it's the Roundup, it's the it's the herbicides, and the fact that, you know, uh, the um, foods have been modified to withstand that, but, you know, it's horrible... Uh, herbicides are being in the soil and everything else, and now they're combining Agent Orange in there, you know, um, all for the glory of getting a better, you know, yield. Uh, but it explained to me, I don't know the mechanism, but it, it gave me a heads up to why kids are getting sick early and then the downstream effect. Right now I have three-quarters of my practice are children below 11, 11 years of age. Okay, with all kinds of problems, I now understand where it starts from, where the leaky gut starts from, where the interruption in the, in the microbiome of the gut and, and its relationship and how that opens up uh, holes in the immune system and allows things to take root, where normally it wouldn't have, you know. So there's so much to learn and so much, you know. So I I I respect your opinion. I don't know the pathway, but I know that, Somebody's responsible, and it's gonna—it's one of those chemicals. And um, yes, it's the chickamite pathway. It's the chickamite pathway that our gut bacteria utilize to to thrive, and and the and the glyphosate damages the chickamite pathway, just like of our gut bacteria, just like it damages the mm-hmm. uh, chickamite pathway of the weeds that it's supposed to be killing. Well, like I said. Um, it's it's coming to light. Yeah, I'm wondering if, you know, when we did that show in the Floxies and we started getting all kinds of uh, problems from whomever, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. I'm if we're going to start experiencing problems now. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling. This is, we're not spreading the word that uh, Monsanto wants to hear. Yeah, well, you know, what can I say? All right, everybody. I think it's time to... Uh, Say goodnight. I do appreciate Cynthia you being on the show with me, Sterling. I know you. I know you're out there somewhere. Okay, it looks like you're on now, but it keeps going on and off. Thank you very much for Thank being you. on the show. Also, uh, everybody, Sterling's app uh, version two just came out. 
if you uh, go to mthfrsupport.com, which is uh, now a brand new website, uh, you can uh, rerun your 23andMe raw data through the new application. Uh, put the promo code new report in there, and you'll get twenty dollars off. So it'll cost you ten dollars. And this new application is so robust that it is absolutely worth it for you to do it. I usually don't recommend things this directly, but I absolutely enjoin you to do that because guess what? You're going to learn some things that we, you never knew before. If you'd like to be get advance notice as to speakers and subjects that we're going to be talking about on um, this particular show, you can go to the, my particular website, methylationsupport.com, click radio show, and there'll be a, a place where you can sign up so you'll get an email as to what our uh, upcoming shows will be about. So for right now, I want to say good night. And remember, Pete, our IT guru, Pete Santamaria, will be on next week explaining the app. So we're going to be spending a couple of weeks explaining this and uh, showing you and showing your healthcare practitioners, I hope, uh, the benefit of this app. Okay, this is this is amazing. I'm I'm just like all kinds of excited. So I again, thank you, Cynthia. Here's that British lady again. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Sterling, for being with us tonight. Okay. And I think I'm going to end the episode right now. Okay. Good night. Okay. People. Good night. Good night. Yeah. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time. And you guys. You guys always have some words of wisdom before uh, we let it really go. Okay. Um, tonight's words of wisdom is R, whatever. I want you to consider looking at Sterling's app. I, I know I know Sterling for a long time now, and she's put her whole heart and soul into this. For one reason, one reason only, to eradicate disease and eradicate suffering. Okay, she has an interesting history, which I won't go into. I'll let her do it, but I'll tell you a little great secret, okay? She does this out of her heart. She's never said no to anybody. You know, she supported us in tough times, and she's making sure that you're getting information that is absolutely true. And believe me, $20 or $30 for an app, she's not exactly living high on the hog. Okay, she could charge hundreds, if not thousands. She could sell this. So, just remember, people, okay, we do believe that people with chronic diseases are those who are the strongest. Okay, you have strength of the heart, strength of the soul, and we support that. That's why we're here. Okay, but Sterling's gone above and beyond. Okay, so you should look at this app because your answers are sitting in there. Good night, everybody. Look forward to talking to you all next week. Take care.